Section 14 of The Coming Race. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Mary Rohde. The Coming Race by Edward George Bulwer Lytton. Chapter 21. I had for some time observed in my host's highly informed and powerfully proportioned daughter that kindly and protective sentiment which, whether above the earth or below it, an all-wise providence has bestowed upon the feminine division of the human race. But until very lately I had ascribed it to that affection for pets which a human female at every age shares with a human child. I now became painfully aware that the feeling with which Z deigned to regard me was different from that which I had inspired in Tai. But this conviction gave me none of that complacent gratification which the vanity of man ordinarily conceives from a flattering appreciation of his personal merits on the part of the fair sex. On the contrary, it inspired me with fear. Yet of all the Jaye in the community, if Z were perhaps the wisest and the strongest, she was, by common repute, the gentlest, and she was certainly the most popularly beloved. The desire to aid, to succor, to protect, to comfort, to bless, seemed to pervade her whole being. Though the complicated miseries that originate in penury and guilt are unknown to the social system of the Vrilia, still no sage had yet discovered in Vril an agency which could banish sorrow from life. And wherever amongst her people sorrow found its way, there Z followed in the mission of comforter. Did some sister Guy fail to secure the love she sighed for? Z sought her out, and brought all the resources of her lore, and all the consolations of her sympathy, to bear upon a grief that so needs the solace of a confidant. In the rare cases, when grave illness seized upon childhood or youth, and the cases less rare, when, in the hardy and adventurous probation of infants, some accident attended with pain and injury occurred, Z forsook her studies and her sports, and became the healer and nurse. Her favorite flights were towards the extreme boundaries of the domain, where children were stationed on guard against outbreaks of warring forces in nature, or the invasions of devouring animals, so that she might warn them of any peril which her knowledge detected or foresaw, or be at hand if any harm had befallen. Nay, even in the exercise of her scientific acquirements, there was a concurrent benevolence of purpose and will. Did she learn any novelty in invention that would be useful to the practitioner of some special art or craft? She hastened to communicate and explain it. Was some veteran sage of the college perplexed and wearied from the toil of an abstruse study? She would patiently devote herself to his aid, work out details for him, sustain his spirits with her hopeful smile, quicken his wit with her luminous suggestion, 
be to him as it were his own good genius made visible as the strengthener and inspirer the same tenderness she exhibited to the inferior creatures i have often known her bring home some sick and wounded animal and tend and cherish it as a mother would tend and cherish her stricken child many a time when i sat in the balcony or hanging garden on which my window opened i have watched her rising in the air on her radiant wings and in a few moments groups of infants below catching sight of her would soar upward with joyous sound of greeting clustering and sporting around her so that she seemed a very centre of innocent delight when i have walked with her amidst the rocks and valleys without the city the elk deer would scent or see her from afar come bounding up eager for the caress of her hand or follow her footsteps till dismissed by some musical whisper that the creature had learned to comprehend it is the fashion among the virgin jayes to wear on their foreheads a circlet a coronet with gems resembling opals arranged in four points or rays like stars these are lustreless in ordinary use but if touched by the vril wand they take a clear lambent flame which illuminates yet not burns this serves as an ornament in their festivities and as a lamp if in their wanderings beyond their artificial lights they have to traverse the dark there are times when i have seen z's thoughtful majesty of face lighted up by this crowning halo that i could scarcely believe her to be a creature of mortal birth and bent my head before her as the vision of being among the celestial orders but never once did my heart feel for this lofty type of the noblest womanhood a sentiment of human love is it that among the race i belong to man's pride so far influences his passions that woman loses to him her special charm of woman if he feels her to be in all things eminently superior to himself but by what strange infatuation could this peerless daughter of a race which in the supremacy of its powers and the felicity of its conditions ranked all other races in the category of barbarians have deigned to honor me with her preference in personal qualifications though i passed for good-looking amongst the people i came from the handsomest of my countrymen might have seemed insignificant and homely beside the grand and serene type of beauty which characterized the aspect of the vrilia that novelty the very difference between myself and those to whom z was accustomed might serve to bias her fancy was probable enough and as the reader will see later such a cause might suffice to account for the predilection with which i was distinguished by a young gi scarcely out of her childhood and very inferior in all respects to z but whoever will consider those tender characteristics which i have just ascribed to the daughter of apalin may readily conceive 
that the main cause of my attraction to her was in her instinctive desire to cherish to comfort to protect and in protecting to sustain and to exalt thus when i look back i account for the only weakness unworthy of her lofty nature which bowed the daughter of the vrilia to a woman's affection for one so inferior to herself as was her father's guest but be the cause what it may the consciousness that i had inspired such affection thrilled me with awe a moral awe of her very imperfections of her mysterious powers of the inseparable distinctions between her race and my own and with that awe i must confess to my shame there combined the moral material and ignoble dread of the perils to which her preference would expose me under these anxious circumstances fortunately my conscience and sense of honour were free from reproach it became clearly my duty if z's preference continued manifest to intimate it to my host with of course all the delicacy which is ever to be preserved by a well-bred man in confiding to another any degree of favour by which one of the fair sex may condescend to distinguish him thus at all events i should be freed from responsibility or suspicion of voluntary participation in the sentiments of z and the superior wisdom of my host might probably suggest some sage extrication from my perilous dilemma in this resolve i obeyed the ordinary instinct of civilized and moral man who erring though he be still generally prefers the right course in those cases where it is obviously against his inclinations his interests and his safety to elect the wrong one End of chapter 21